A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity, as I mentioned in a previous homily, to be in Alabama. I attended a conference, but again, one of the highlights of that trip was to be able to visit the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament in Hansville, Alabama, that Mother Angelica founded, that she had the vision for and constructed and had built on this very beautiful, majestic property. And as I had the chance to walk around and take it all in, I couldn't help but think about this Eucharistic revival that the U.S. bishops have called for over three years, beginning last year and extending for two more years now. And the notion of the Eucharistic revival is to really enhance and deepen our belief in Christ's true presence in the Blessed Sacrament. And as I was praying there in the shrine of the most blessed sacrament, I couldn't help but think that this was a shrine that should be central to the Eucharistic revival, that as one goes there, they're caught up in awe and the grandeur of God. As I walked around the grounds as well outside, I came across uh, another little devotional area. Now, a lot of times at churches or shrines, They'll have the Stations of the Cross, and so you'll go from station to station and pray the Stations. Or they'll have Rosary Markers, so you'll go from Rosary Marker to Rosary Marker, and typically they're spaced enough so that you could pray one decade or that particular decade of the Rosary. Walking around the grounds of the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament, I discovered Mother Angelica's own Stations that she created. They were called the Twelve Stations of the Most Holy Eucharist, from promise to fulfillment. So in this nice little garden landscaped area were these 12 different posts telling us about the Twelve Stations of the Most Holy Eucharist, going from the Old Testament and seeing how the promise of the Eucharist to come would then be fulfilled in the life and the ministry of Jesus So I'd like to just briefly mention these 12 stations to really uh, revive and enhance our Eucharistic belief. The first station was that of an Old Testament figure named Melchizedek. Melchizedek uh, was a priest in the Old Testament in a little town called Salem. And so uh, for Melchizedek, his name is often invoked uh, during priestly ordinations. There's a particular responsorial psalm that says, you are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. And in the letter to the Hebrews, the author talks about the eternal priesthood of Jesus and how it's a sharing in that priesthood of Melchizedek. So it's really a foreshadowing in Melchizedek to that of the ordained priesthood. The second station is that of the Jewish Passover, celebrated right around our Christian time of Easter. Jesus celebrated the Passover on the night of the Last Supper. And the Passover commemorating the fact that the angel of death passed over all the homes that were marked with the blood of the Lamb. And so in the new, Jesus, who is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, 
By his blood, we have the angel of death pass over us so that we might have eternal life. The third station hints at our first reading today, and that was the manna from heaven, that as Moses led the people out of slavery in Egypt into the freedom of Israel, that as they were wandering and they were hungry, God fed them. God rained down this manna from heaven. And even on the day before the Sabbath, there was enough manna that would get them through the Sabbath so that they wouldn't have to do any servile labor. But the fact that God fed them with bread from heaven, and Jesus today says, he is the bread that has come down from heaven. The fourth station is that of the old temple. So in the old temple where sacrifices were offered in the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was, God dwelt among man. And in the new temple now, so really in every Catholic church, in the tabernacle, God dwells among us in the Blessed Sacrament. So the old temple now seen today in every church that we are able to visit and pray in. In the fifth station, uh, it is the prophet Elijah and the earthquakes. So the prophet Elijah was exiled. He was uh, one day kind of a little crabby, you could say, a little ornery. He sat underneath a broom tree, and in fact, he prayed for death. He wanted to die. He didn't think life was worth living anymore. He took a little nap, and he woke up a little less angry. And there was an angel who was able to feed him. He was hungry, and so he has these hearth cakes that were provided for him by an angel. So the Eucharist is called the, the food of angels, but also, too, it's the reality that Elijah was on a journey in life, and so that was his food for the journey, and the Eucharist today becomes our food for the journey. And this is now where we kind of make the jump into the New Testament in the sixth station with that of Bethlehem, so the nativity story. That city, Bethlehem, its name literally means house of bread. So you have Jesus, who is the bread of life, who is now born in a city called house of bread. And then you have Jesus, who's born in a, in a, a stable and placed in a manger. A manger, a feeding trough for animals that Jesus, who becomes our heavenly food, is, is symbolized there in Bethlehem. In the seventh station, it's the wedding at Cana, that as Jesus turned water into wine, well, at every Mass, he turns wine into his precious blood. So the miracle of Cana is foreshadowing of the great miracle of the Eucharist that takes place at every Mass. The eighth station is the multiplication of the loaves, So all of these people, they're listening to Jesus teach, and then Jesus realizes that they're probably hungry, and there's nothing that they have to give them, so they collect some some loaves of bread and two fishes, and they distribute it among all the people, and they realize that they have more left over than what they started with. So this is the great multiplication. But then, what's even more significant, I think, 
is that after Jesus disperses them and he goes away to another little town, the people want to follow him. They have this hunger, and Jesus says to them, you are seeking me because you ate that bread. And so he wanted to continue to feed them with his teachings. So that supernatural hunger that they had, well, we have today. It's why we've come to Mass to receive the Holy Eucharist. The ninth station is the Bread of Life Discourse, John chapter 6. We heard from John chapter 6 today in our Gospel. And this is the great promise, and we hope that this promise that Jesus makes is fulfilled for each one of us. The promise that whoever eats this bread will live forever. So the promise of everlasting life attached to the Holy Eucharist. But this teaching of Jesus about the Eucharist was quite controversial. We heard today that the Jews quarreled among themselves. So they were talking back and forth and trying to make sense, quarreling in their words. And then at the very end of the Bread of Life discourse that we didn't hear today, it says that some of the followers of Jesus decided to go a different way, that they no longer, because of this teaching, could follow him. This teaching about the true presence that Jesus gives. The tenth station is the Last Supper. At the Last Supper, Jesus taking bread and taking a cup filled with wine, saying, this is my body, this is my blood, commanding the disciples to do this in remembrance of him. But then Jesus, as he takes the chalice, says that this is a new and eternal covenant, so that the sacrifices of old, the old covenant, well, that's all done now because of the new covenant. So this is the promise fulfilled from long ago at the Last Supper with Jesus. The 11th station is the road to Emmaus, and this is right after the resurrection. Two disciples, two followers of Jesus are walking away from Jerusalem. Jesus draws near. They don't recognize Jesus. And then as Jesus explains everything, well, they sit down at table, they break bread together, and Jesus vanishes. And in that moment on the road to Emmaus, they recognize Jesus in the breaking of the bread. I think this Eucharistic revival is all about us recognizing Jesus in the breaking of the bread, that what we see at Mass, what we receive at Mass is his body and blood. So we pray that we might recognize him like those two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And the final station is that of the marriage supper of the Lamb. And this is really the eternal banquet. This is the kingdom of heaven. That what happens in heaven is foreshadowed here on earth, or what we have here on earth is participating in the praise of heaven. That the promise of Jesus, whoever eats his body and drinks his blood, will be a part of that marriage supper of the Lamb. At Mass today, we'll hear right before the Holy Holy, we join the angels and saints in their unending hymn of praise. Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts. Words that come to us right from the book of Revelation. That what we sing here are really words of the angels and saints praising God in heaven in their eternal liturgy. 
The promise of the Eucharist is the fulfillment and death of everlasting life. And so today, as we come to this Mass, we are like Elijah. We are seeking that food for the journey, that we have this hunger for God that only He can fulfill. And so the Eucharist that we receive today, may it help us on our journey to the kingdom of heaven.